The Centre for Child Law is challenging a High Court ruling which dismissed their application, which called for the extension of identity protection of minors turning 18 during or after criminal proceedings. Now, the court said that this protection would not be indefinite as media houses can actually name a child victim's witnesses or even crime accused once they turn 18 the child center for uh, the, the rather the center for child law uh, brought this application following the controversial Zephany nurse court's case and uh, Zephany nurse uh, came to prominence after it was discovered that she was kidnapped as a baby in 1997 now her kidnapper who raised her as her own child was convicted for the kidnapping in August 2016 and during uh, the trial During uh, that trial, nurse uh, who uses another name and the center were concerned that the media would reveal her true identity once she turned 18, uh, leading to further emotional trauma and public scrutiny. And earlier on, I spoke to a senior project coordinator at the Child uh, uh, Center for Child Law, Zita Hangsugule, and I asked her, why is it important to protect the identity of victims who are minors even after they turn 18? I think it's important, first of all, that we are looking at protecting um, children before they turn 18 to protect them from trauma and any vulnerability that may arise from being involved in a case. And then we want this protection to continue after they've turned 18 for them to fully benefit from the protection that they are receiving. Because after you've turned 18, you would want to um, be rehabilitated if you're a child offender, be reintegrated um, if you're a victim or a witness, you'd want to um, be receiving maybe some sort of services that help you get past the traumatic event that you've been through. And to be able to fully receive that protection, um, you need your identity to to be protected and to prevent any further trauma or stigmatization. So would this, as you would desire it to be, would it apply only to victims of crimes or would it apply to suspects and perpetrators as well? So we are looking for it to apply to all children, so victims of crime, witnesses of crime, and children who have committed crimes themselves, so all groups of children. And and, and what would this mean for victims if alleged uh, suspects who are maybe uh, 18 years old, like right on the dot, or who are younger when they actually committed that crime, what would that mean for them? Um, well, for, for the child offender, so the child who's committed the crime, first of all, it would mean that um, if the court has ordered that they go through some rehabilitation program or um, if they go through some sort of assistance, that they're able to go through that process without having um, the attention upon them and, and, and without having, any, some, having some sort of stigmatization and shame um, upon them. And they can be rehabilitated and reintegrated um, without any sort of attention on them. And um, for the victims, I mean, the courts, um, when they're making decisions about what sentences to impose, the courts look at different aspects of the, of, of the situation. They look at the victims of a crime, and they look at the society as a whole, the whole situation, and the offender themselves. And then they make decisions based on that. So everything is taken into account when decisions are made about what should happen going forward.
So there's a lot of talk about, you know, the sexual offences register, for example, in this country. And mm. let's say you have a minor who actually um, is a sexual offender multiple times. When they turn 18, why shouldn't their identity be made known? Well, with the Sexual Offences Act, that's, um, I, I think that's it's another completely different issue like you've mentioned. First of all, with the Sexual Offences Act, there, is, there are very strict procedures for placing a child on the register. It doesn't happen automatically. So let's say a child has been found guilty of an offence. They are not automatically placed on the register. They have to go through a whole process of arguing why they should not be placed on the register and arguing that they have chances of rehabilitation and reintegration. And then second, Secondly, um, information on the sexual offences register isn't publicly made publicly available. So if somebody wants access to that, they have to apply, and then it's only particular people. So let's say people who are working in um, situations where you have to work with a child or a person with a disability. Before you hire somebody, you have to apply to see if they, if they are on the register. So it's not completely closed off. It's just open in very important situations. Zita, as it stands right now, the High Court has dismissed your application um, calling for the extension of uh, that identity protection of minors uh, turning 18. And uh, as it stands right now, what were some of the challenges that you as a centre were experiencing in this regard? Well, so in our original case, the High Court, the High Court agreed with us that the protection should extend to all children, victims, witnesses, and offenders before they turn 18. But like you say, they disagreed with us that the, the protection should extend after they turn 18. Um, and that we disagreed with, and, that, and that's what we've taken on appeal to the Supreme Court of Appeal, because we say that for children to fully benefit from that protection that is given to them, um, the, that it, it must extend to after they've turned 18. And we show examples of um, previous clients of ours whose protection was um, protected and they were able to move on with their lives. They were able to be rehabilitated. They were able to go to school, to get jobs and are no more law-abiding citizens at the moment. And then we've also showed uh, the opposite end of the spectrum where children's identities were revealed when they turned 18 and we showed the negative impact that has had. I mean, we showed in one case where um, a child was eventually acquitted of a crime, but then because there was so much attention on him, he had to go underground, and we, up to this, up to now, don't know whether we've, he's received the sort of assistance he needed or not. And um, given that High Court decision, where to from here? Uh, what other legal options uh, are open to you? Mm. So, well, at the moment, the matter is being heard at, at the Supreme Court of Appeal. Um, so our advocate, Stephen Badlender, um, is arguing the matter for us. And depending on what the Supreme Court decides, um, there is a possibility of going to the Constitutional Court. But again, it all depends on what the Supreme, Supreme Court of Appeal decides. We are hoping they decide in our favor. But we'll have to sort of take the legal process through to, to the end and see what happens.